welcome. Welcome to the Spooky Succubus cast. I'm Abby. I'm Rebecca. And today we're talking about the seminal 2001 classic, 13 Ghosts. I had never seen it before this, but Rebecca (laughs) has it on DVD. Listen, this reveals a lot about me and not like good things about me. But I do love this movie. I hold it very close to my heart. I understand there's a lot of problems with it, but I own it on DVD and I have no regrets. When did you first see it? I want to say when it came out. I, which like means I was theaters? 10. Yeah. I was 10 years that's, old watching this movie. That's a serious movie for a 10 year old. There's a lot of things you probably didn't understand. Oh, there's a lot not. of things I, like, I didn't understand. <laughs> <laughs> Even I don't understand them now. To this and day. And I'm old. Yeah. Uh, but I, yeah, and I don't remember. Somebody bought it for me for Christmas. My mom, probably. And then I just watched it over and over again. Good times. I've seen Apparently. all the special features. <laughs> that is such a mom thing to do. Like, not fully understanding the scope of something that you love. And being like, of course, this is fine. Like, enjoy. <laughs> It's I also like, deranged. Yeah, it's my... I was watching... My favorite movie when I was a kid was The Shining. Like, I was five, probably, when I, That's I was crazy. like... That's crazy. And so I never... There was never, like... There were certain movies I wasn't allowed to see and certain parts of movies I wasn't allowed to see, but, like, I would just steal them out of the DVD cabinet and not tell anybody. Or the VHS cabinet actually. I was and like, watch them hey, anyway. Back up. Were you you were the youngest, right? So n- yeah, so like no one was watching you ever. You were just like plopping in no. Silence of the Lambs and <laughs> Oh, for sure. Yeah, I wasn't allowed to see let's see. Silence of the Lambs watched it anyway. I remember my mom making a big deal about Fight Club for some reason and I definitely watched it anyway. It was like yeah, whatever. I don't know. I Sorry. wasn't allowed to watch any movies ever. So my parents um, were very religious. So I had like a lot of birthday parties where we just watched Sister Act like over and over again. <laughs> like that was like my Sister birthday party Act. movie. It's a great movie. When- um, but this is probably why I overcorrected as an adult. And I just want to see like the goriest gory scary movies and I just want to like watch it all because I I couldn't go see Titanic you guys in the theaters I was the only person that didn't get to go because my mom heard about the the sexy scene in the car sexy steam time I still to this day haven't seen it completely I've seen parts of it but I mean we had the two-part VHS you had to it was a three-hour movie that you had to halfway through you had to put another VHS I remember that from Sound of Music that was I've our never seen Sound of Music. Three hour VHS. <laughs> it's probably too well, late. Well, you for were you. watching Sound of Music. No, I don't. I hate musicals. I mean, whatever. I don't wanna I sound like a bro when I say that, but it's Ooh. true. Um Yeah, I just watched this movie for the first time this week. I was like furiously scribbling notes. I kept having to pause it. <laughs> I very infrequently during my viewing knew what was going on at all. Um, and I spent a lot of time on the 13 Ghosts wiki afterwards, and I'm not proud of it. I I'm, mean, honestly, I, the thing that really got to me was the great child and the dire mother. I was like, I need information. Like, why are they putting this on my TV so I have to look at this? Tell me what's going on. 
It is and a I still wild movie. It's a wild set of circumstances. It is... I don't know. It could never happen today. It couldn't have happened any other time than 2001. Why? Like, yeah, it is... 2001 was really, like... It was, like, a liminal time. Like, we all thought we were going to die uh, in Y2K. And then we're at the, like crest of this new millennium and I don't think any of us knew what to do except for make the movie 13 ghosts right and that's truly the best thing that happened that year so should we dive in with the plot (laughs) yeah let's get it okay do you want I'll read it I think you deserve to read it because of your love for this means so much to me (laughs) um People are going to watch this for the first time and be like, what the fuck? Because it's so... Anyway. I If you didn't watch it and you're listening to this, our plot rundown should be enough. You don't have to do this to yourself. Abby doesn't recommend. Whatever. I think it's going to emerge that my tastes are very lowbrow. It's fine. I would say I would recommend it if you didn't have to pay for it. The $3.99 that I rented it for was a little too rich for what I received. Too much. Yeah. All right. So, 13 Ghosts. We open on a junkyard at night. Cars and trucks streaming in. We meet Cyrus, a wealthy asshole, and his hired psychic, Dennis, played by Matthew Lillard, wearing a lovely, chunky knit sweater and a Literally the first coat. thing I wrote down, I was, like, very brave of him to wear chunky knit turtleneck in orange. It also was... a very... 2001 outfit enveloping his neck also never has anyone been less convincing as a like psychic whose brain operates on a higher level than matthew lillard like goofball of the 1990s i love i love matthew lillard i would die for him he's my favorite person ever i love him so much no (laughs) maybe i don't know he's just like I don't know. He like Scream is one of my favorite movies. He was in fucking She's All That. Like that is my first did... intro to him. Yeah. Oh man, you were allowed to watch that movie with the pubes on the pizza, but I got around the rules by going to friends' houses. Yeah, and that oh, one was wow. that movie was really big. Like around the time I was like ten, eleven years old, that was like its big moment. So it was uh, it was filming at a lot of sleepovers. It was screening. I remember um, I didn't know what pubes were when that. I was like, what is on that And we didn't have did Google then. You couldn't just Google Mm-mm. pubes. You didn't even know how to spell it. Yeah, that was wild. I have to say, yeah. at this time in my life, I would have pretty much no problem removing a pube from a piece of pizza and eating it. Ooh, a hot know. take. I... <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Sorry that I'm like this. <laughs> I mean, that's that's all right. Pizza is worth it. I, I just feel like Matthew Lillard's mouth is always really wet, you know? Yeah. There is so much spit. So much Matthew like Lillard spit all over the this set. the corners of the mouth, it's always, like, a little frothing. It doesn't <laughs> work for me. Um. So, Matthew Lillard's there. They, Cyrus and Dennis, capture a ghost, are there to capture a ghost in the junkyard. Um, the two of them are accosted by a man and a woman, Damon and Kalina, who tell them they what they are doing is wrong and that they will never get the 13th ghost. They proceed anyway. The ghost kills Cyrus and Damon, but is captured. The opening credits roll. There's angelic flute music playing over, playing as we see a family 
playing together in a yard. Um, the camera pans from them around their living room. We hear a smoke alarm. The family starts to scream. As we continue to pan, the house is more deserted, and we hear through the dialogue that the mother's passed away. Dead mother is such a cheap way to, like, move a movie forward. Like... It is... I mean, yeah, this experiencing is... experiencing the ultimate tragedy, and... Like, nothing could be worse. Like, low is low. I feel like a lot of, like you were saying before we started filming, a lot of things do are contingent on female trauma. Like, yeah, our trauma must move plots forward in literature and film. Male plots. Thankfully, male not in Sister Act. Sister Act has done no wrong in all the no, years. It don't at up. me. <laughs> yeah. Sister Act 2, Back in the Habit, is, Back in the is habit. better than one. Um, uh, we'll talk Hill offline. Alone. I don't know if I can co-sign that, um, but <gasps> oh my god, I do love you. Any- anyway, mother's dead. Uh, when we see the family again, there are overdue bills on the father's desks desk, and they are now in a cramped apartment with a live-in nanny. They are visited by a lawyer that tells Arthur his uncle Cyrus, who he only met a few times, has passed and left him a house and all his assets. That night, the family drives to the house with a lawyer and are met by Dennis pretending to be an electrician. Oh uh, <laughs> he's wearing, he's like, a, a orange so jumpsuit. frenetic. Yeah, like, Dennis's energy. I was like, Tony <sighs> Shalhoub, do not let this man into your house. Like, he's... He's, like, hold, the way he's holding that flashlight is menacing. I know. It's, like, it's like um, Stacy holding the knife at the end of Candyman. I was like, get a handle on your flashlight. Get a handle <laughs> on your phallic symbol, sir. No, no right. chance. Like, the lawyer was smarmy, but I have to agree with him. I don't think I would have let Matthew Lillard into my home looking all strung out like that. Matthew Lillard can do what he wants. He 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 exists on a higher plane. I need to ask you to put your boner for Matthew Lillard away so we can approach the rest of this recap with professionalism. I'll I'll think about it. Um, So the house is a huge steampunk mansion with glass walls. Was steampunk still like, was steampunk a thing in 2001 do you remember wild wild west with yeah fucking the spider the mechanical spiders yeah yeah i'm like having flashbacks to 2002 i don't know when that movie right i feel like it was like 98 but maybe i mean that's only steampunk yeah i just didn't think of steampunk as being in the lexicon until like 2010 i don't know maybe i definitely didn't know the word Gears and and old timey stuff, but but inventions. I don't know what the definition is. Any nothing makes me like less happy than that aesthetic. I I hate it. I hate it so much. (laughs) That like copper color to everything. I know, and like I just feel triggered by men in top hats and suspenders. I'm like, what are you trying (laughs) to do? Little feathers. Yeah. What? I don't need this. It's. Like, whatever your intentions are, they're sinister. Get away from me. <laughs> um, and the so this mansion is made out of glass walls with more Latin writing. Uh, the family explores the house. Dennis heads to the basement. And after donning a pair of special glasses, he can see that Cyrus has bought, brought 12 ghosts, the 12 ghosts that they captured back to the house, and is keeping them locked up with enchantments written on the glass walls. Dennis runs back to Arthur and the lawyer confesses 
and begs him to get his family out of the house. While Dennis is having an episode, our our poor Dennis, who's a psychic, okay, but can also see living people's past trauma. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I don't understand. Yeah. So he can, he is like empath. He's an empath. So he can touch people and like experience their trauma and their, you know, goings on and like see their memories. But then also he can, can he do that for a living or dead people? His, the scope of his gifts is unclear, but obviously it's really right. getting to him. He has to lie down on the ground. Tony Shalhoub has to comfort him. And then he has yeah. to rip his electrician jumpsuit off to reveal a full suit underneath. Full black suit with a red shiny shirt. <laughs> I rewound that like three. I was dying. I loved it so much. So good. <laughs> um, so Dennis is having this spit covered episode on the floor and the lawyer disappears. He goes down to the basement to retrieve a suitcase full of money. While doing that, he sets the machine into motion. All the walls in the house begin to shift and the ghosts are freed. He is then killed by one of the ghosts. I uh, did not know her name, so full disclosure, I called her Tit Ghost, like most of tit my ghost. notes. She's yeah. got like full gray nipples on on display. Isn't Why there were they gray? I don't know. Like there was something so uncomfortable about the like really ugly slash through the nipple too. I was like, I feel yeah. it, like how um <laughs> yeah, like she the angry princess as we come to know her is of course the first ghost that we see and like have an interaction with because she's mm-hmm. sexy uh and fully she, naked fully naked you know very sultry makeup her mouth never exactly closes so uh yes the lawyer also first objectifies tit ghost aka the angry princess and then she and tells her she is nice she he comments nice tits as he's walking through the he cat calls her like that is what white men do. They're like, don't cat call a ghost. Don't cat call like, a what? dead ghost with like. What the fuck? She's been through enough. Leave her alone. Yeah, that I was happy the lawyer died. I was happy to watch the kill. It was a good kill. His death was great. He gets sliced yeah. between two glass walls. Sliced and then in half. like the fact that the eyeballs were sliced in half, and you can see half of them on each side of the glass. Really, it's a so delight. Good. Yeah. Um, That's like I, this movie is just like gory and stupid and fun and like a, I love gory fun shit. So I agree, it was fun. Uh, so we then know that like he picked up this suitcase full of money and then set this very scary house machine into action. So we know something is amiss, and then we cut happening. back to. Um, Tony Shalhoub. I would say if you're going to die for Matthew Lillard, I'll die for Tony Shalhoub. I really Ooh. hope that he's like, I don't, he just seems unproblematic. Like, yeah, I don't I know. I see that. I like have a soft spot for like doughy, unproblematic men. Like Guy Fieri kind of like does it for me. He like gets me going. My sister is that way too. Why? Well, I can understand it. I don't know. He's just like nice and he, you know, <laughs> you can't really see him. Like, sexually harassing anyone. He just right. really wants to eat a cheeseburger and just, you know, drive around his Like, car. watch TV. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so, Arthur, played by Tony Shalhoub, runs to gather his family but cannot find Bobby. 
Bobby's my favorite. He's Bobby's the future. Bobby podcaster. is a cool kid. Yeah, we have to talk about Bobby. He is fucking up this house with his razor scooter. He's like, Dude. you can't stop me. He has very spiky hair. Um, and like, <laughs> didn't it kind of look like he was wearing like wheelie, like vans that are the wheelies on top of his razor yeah, scooter? Yeah, heelies. Yeah, like double wheels. But he, like, is obsessed with death because his mom died. Because that's how all children deal with death in movies. And uh, and then he's, like, t- he's like podcasting the whole beginning of the movie. Talking about oh, yeah, decapitation and stuff. Oh, yeah, he does have this little stuff. recorder. It's great. I found his decapitation facts helpful. Yeah. <laughs> I Yeah, I love Bobby. Um, but they can't... He So Arthur can't find him. So he and his daughter, Kathy, played by Shannon Elizabeth... Adam was like, she was an American pie. (laughs) Yes, thank you. (laughs) Caesar just went, oh, it's that girl from, what's her name? That girl from, with the boobs. I was like, yep, that's her. This is my life all the time. Hey, did we do that thing for that guy? Like, can you be more specific? All (laughs) the, like, I mean, I I can, like, I can suss out a lot, but sometimes I just can't get there. Um, so they go looking for, these two go looking for Bobby, and because all the ghosts are freed, Kathy is attacked by the jackal, the sign the of hell's winter. scary, really. I actually was like, that's a scary ghost. I'm scared. <laughs> and I think I texted you this. I was like, it's not really the, like, face or the makeup, or it's just, like, the really crab-like, like, aggressive run. I was like, Ooh. I'd hate to see Wild, that coming at me. The arms are flailing and like the cage yeah. on the head, like long fingernails. It's yeah, I it's know. Good. The s the the f the effects in this movie, like the prosthetics and stuff. I feel like they did a great job. It's not bad. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's not bad. Um, so she gets attacked, but they're saved by Kalina, who drives the ghost away with the flare. For some reason, ghosts are afraid of flares. I don't understand that. I actually was like, "The fuck!" Like, it's just a flare. Wouldn't a flashlight <laughs> like, work? If, yeah. I, if is it right. fire? Like, well, for the jackal, you, when you read his backstory, he is afraid of fire, right? Specifically, but it works for all the ghosts. But it works it's for all the just, ghosts. And it yeah. just seems like if a flare should work, a flashlight should work. Yeah. I don't understand the flare thing. It just seems like Kalina and Cyrus have some information they left us out of. Yeah, they, like, enchanted these flares. But they she drives so, her away. Yeah, Kalina's basically, like, our feminist tree hugger slash ghost hugger. She is here to save the souls in the house. She ostensibly disagrees with what Cyrus has done by trapping these human souls against their will. And she's just suddenly there. She has a vest on, and she has um, a choppy kind of late 90s bob and i was like that's crunchy before yeah like this those were bad times the like scrunching the (laughs) gel into your hair but Uh she's also miss honey from matilda did you see that yeah yeah i didn't i was like where do i know her from she's she was in a few things i don't know what she's doing now and beth she had a moment and beth david's doesn't she seem like someone who could be on like the West Wing later in their career as like a serious, you know, pundit or something? Now she's on like Blacklist or something. I don't know. I don't know. James Spader Um, really scares me. I think he's in that show. I'm like against my will sort of attractive. He's like a deeply unsettling man. (laughs) Yeah, but like he's like scary hot. Scary hot. I guess he's hot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
I, we all have I was our weird fooled. takes. All of my faves are weird. Um, clearly, with Matthew Lillard. Whatever. Yeah, it's so, fine. <laughs> uh, so Kalina saves them, and then she tells Arthur about the Arcanum, a book written in the 15th century by an astrologist, Basilius, who is under demonic possession when he wrote this book, and it describes how to build a device that is, quote-unquote, designed by the devil and powered by the dead. She says there, she is there to set the souls in the house free, and while they're talking, Kathy disappears. So Kalina, Maggie, Arthur, and Dennis get safely back to the library. Kalina reveals that the fourth ghost that Dennis and Cyrus captured was Jean, Arthur's deceased wife. She then explains that the house is Vesalius's machine and that the 12 trapped ghosts represent the Black, Godiac, Black Zodiac and their energies power up the machine so that they can open the eye of hell. Cyrus wanted to do this to be the most powerful man in the world. Kalina says the only way to stop the machine is with a 13th ghost, a willing human sacrifice. Arthur, a ghost created out of an act of pure love, him sacrificing himself to save his kids. The four split up. Dennis and Arthur go downstairs to look for the kids. They take a big glass, big glass panel with them. I they did that, yeah. With the writing on it. That is really economical. Yeah, smart, smart idea. Why Um, not just, like, get a whole suit? A whole plastic suit with the writings on them. I don't get it. it there had to be it. a smarter way. Yeah. Right. Um, so they're down there hanging out with the ghosts. And then Maggie and Kalina go to the center of the machine. Kalina knocks Maggie out and it's revealed she was working with Cyrus the whole time. They're lovers and he's not really dead. Turns out Kalina's not a badass. She's... She's a simp. Yeah. Kalina pivots from being kind of cool to being, like, really gross and subservient to, like, this man that looks like a potato, like, really, really fast. I was disappointed, for sure. Her personality turned on its head. Like, it was horrible. I was so Do you still get disappointed even though you've seen it happen so many times before? Yes. And I kind of forgot because it's been many years since I've watched this movie. But It's such a drag. It's a drag. Um, so Dennis and Arthur get trapped downstairs, and Dennis sacrifices himself to be killed by the ghost. He's killed by the hammer and the juggernaut, um, and he saves Arthur. Cyrus then plays the recording of the spells in order to call the ghost to the machine. He kills Kalina by squishing her between two two walls. What a brutal death. Um, yeah, it was hard to watch. Right. I mean, but that's also- what it, like, kind of fun. Kind of fun, yeah. <laughs> uh, the children are in the center of the machine, surrounded by whirling, sharp metal rings, and the 12 ghosts surround those rings. Arthur then sees Cyrus, realizes he isn't dead. They start fighting, and then Maggie wakes up and starts starts DJing. DJ Bucks up Maggie the tapes. to the rescue. DJ Maggie, um, who's played by Ra Digga, who is a rap artist. Oh, I didn't know that. That's cool. She's got experience. Um, And they, so the ghosts are freed, and then they attack Cyrus, throw him into the metal spheres, and he's chopped up into little bits, goes flying everywhere. The house blows up, but the family is safe, and all the ghosts go frolicking into the forest. The jackal, the last one to go, still looking terrifying. 
still still scary. He's like when you, the way he's walking into the woods. Know, it's like, like, cool. <laughs> when you watch movies, do you like horror movies when something like this wild happens at the end? Do you ever think about the paperwork that would have to happen for the survivors? I think maybe yes. because I'm an earth sign, I'm always like, what the fuck? Like you're gonna have to fill out so much paperwork. Cyrus faked his own death, came back, died again. The house is like burning to the ground. You're it's just gonna be a mess in probate, and the lawyer is dead in there. And the lawyer's dead. And also in the beginning, in the junkyard scene, when they're capturing the juggernaut, like, six other people die. Like, how, like, were the cops not called? What did they say? Oh, a ghost did it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was a ghost. Sorry. We brought blood here. Where'd they get all that blood? Blood truck. Is it animal? Is it human? Yeah, I don't. I hate Cyrus as a character. I feel like the eccentric billionaire takes its worst form in this trash man because he's underdeveloped as a character and he's just only ever extraordinarily cruel for no reason. Like you didn't have to kill Kalina. She was just going to do whatever you told her to do. And like he just has a deep voice and and is is wealthy. They like that's all we really know about him. He has a beard. He has a walking stick that's fancy. And he drove up in an antique car. So we know he's an asshole. And a Rolls Royce. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, And I think is I so having never seen this movie at the beginning in the junkyard, I had to pause it like 80 times. I was like so much setup is going on right now, but so much chaos is happening as the setup is done that I I don't like know what to do. I also like have seen this movie. I don't know. I want to say thirteen times, if not more. Thirteen times, um, once for each ghost. <laughs> no. But while she's explaining the Arcanum, I was pausing and like writing it down because I was like, "Wait, sh- hold on! Like, stop talking so fast. No one's gonna know what's going on." I know. How did they even that's... understand it? Right. I think that's probably part. It's on purpose so that nobody uh, asks too many questions. <laughs> is anything <laughs> about this real? Like, is this book? anything no. based in reality or like real I tried to studies I didn't look up Basalius to be fair um but I looked up the black zodiac and it only exists um in this movie so should we go through each ghost do you want to do that or you want to do the the human characters first oh I guess we can start with the humans but they're the least interesting part of the movie boring um I mean, so we were talking about this a little bit before, but like the not the opening opening scene, but the second opening scene uh, as the credits roll is the death of Jean, who um, is even less developed than Cyrus. She is. Yeah, we know she's an like angelic presence. We know she is positioned as like a nurturing mother who died, you know, unfairly. Yeah. And it's a it's a trope. Uh, that's she's fridged. So like, women in refrigerators is a trope and started in comics. Like this concept um, by feminist comic authors and fans in the 1990s, uh, based on like a Green Lantern comic where Green Lantern's love interest is killed by the villain and put in a refrigerator, and that sets Green Lantern's story in motion. So, and we can assume also that Cyrus set the fire purposely yeah i don't know i never really thought about that because he Maybe. he knew he needed arthur he need... and he needed gene right that would make sense yeah so i guess wow 
Look at you. Hey. Taking my film into the brain new is context. still vaguely working. Uh, so yeah, basically Jean is only positioned as this like loving maternal figure. The only thing we know about her is that she's the object of Arthur's love and then she dies. He blames himself and then this the events of this film go into motion. So Jean has yeah. literally no identity outside of spouse and mother and it's like her motherhood and her if we presume that Cyrus started the fire, her motherhood, her love, her identity as like a withered lover is what ultimately leads to her death. She has literally no agency in life or in death. Even when, like, so Dennis dies and he comes back as a ghost very briefly. He says maybe two lines to Arthur to, like, get him to save his children. Gene yeah, doesn't even him- get... Like a mini Tony Robbins speech. Like, the answer is yeah. inside of you. Yeah. It's a pep talk, yeah. But Jean, who we see as a ghost multiple times in the movie, never gets a line of dialogue. She never says anything. We hear, like, the sounds of, like, I love you, but her mouth doesn't but Her move. mouth She's doesn't She's not really move. talking. Yeah, she doesn't even get, a like, a full line. She is just a plot device. Um, so congratulations. You've been fridged. Uh, it's also, like, a Disney princess treatment dead mother for sure struggling father i'm like okay tony shalhoub you don't have how like home insurance what happened here that's what was she the main provider was she the the what she didn't have life insurance what happened here what are you doing you're a math teacher and you don't know how to manage your money i yeah it wasn't believable they there was no reason i'm confused I just, I like to think that she was the breadwinner and then he just like was too much of an idiot and too sad to pay his bills. Right? I would say that I never had a math teacher that didn't have sort of a sheen of sadness on them. Oh, yeah, that's true. I'm I'm sorry. I mean, what do you want from me? Sorry, math teachers out there. Sorry, math teachers everywhere. We know you're doing the hard work, but I will say I've not had to use trigonometry in my adult life yet. I can't. I can't do any math, at all. I d- I can only be successful at what I could easily understand, the TI eighty five to do. You know, if I could like figure yeah. out which buttons to poke, I was like, oh, I got this. But Sin outside and of cost. that, it was a challenging time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, Gina's fridged, so- and then we have her virginal daughter Kathy. Right. So I think it's telling that the first scene. That we have after, um, you know, we have the dump truck set up is this like angelic visage of Kathy and Bobby playing in a yard and they're softly lit and clearly Kathy is our virgin. She is our precious princess. She's blameless. You don't agree that she's not she's not our virgin? You think Jean is our virgin? I think Jean is our mother. I think, I don't know, because they do some things that set Kathy up to be like, she's like a little flirty and she's hot, but, but then she's, she's like, like also a kind of a. Right, but she's like a baby. She's like mm-hmm. a hot baby, but she's like really into her. Like when she's alone in the bathroom, she's like looking at herself and she's like, I don't know, like marinating in her own interests like she's like laying in the silk sheets and like putting water on her face and like fixing her hair i don't know maybe she's still our virgin so she's, but i think like she's our virgin with an element of vanity 
and then with I vanity. Think, I think there's an argument for the angry princess, Maggie, and Kalina all being set up as our whores. Yeah. Because we I have mean, the... Kalina's definitely starts off as our, like, badass Buffy the Vampire Slayer. She's like but, the cool oops, friend. Wait, she's just a slut. Yeah. That was I don't know, but de- Maggie doesn't have any, like, yeah, she's, she is dumb. She's, like, set up to be dumb because she can't well, do her job well. maybe she's not, like, she's not our whore, but she, it's definitely very intentionally set up so that Maggie's othered. She can't do her job well. Yeah. She uses crass language. She is not, like, a holistic part of this family. She is kind of like a hanger on. And in fact, her character, until she saves the day at the end, her character doesn't do a lot and doesn't have a lot of agency to do anything independently. She's kind of hanging on Dennis while he figures out what he's his next step is. And then mm-hmm. she gets knocked out and then she's a DJ. So her presence is pretty incidental. I think maybe it was just like we need someone to save the day at the end and the other family members will be occupied. I yeah, it was interesting. She just that they had a living nanny character in general. I like Maggie; she's fun, but she is like the only black person who is alive and is not a ghost, and she just has throwaway funny comic relief lines, and then she saves the day, gets no recognition for it, and then like gets the final lines of the movie, but they're also like funny, haha, I quit kind of thing. Yeah, and it's. Like she's being like a stereotype, stereotype, stereotype or satire of a woman of color. Like I'm not getting yeah. paid enough. This job, like bullshit, bullshit. So I think I feel like it felt like an afterthought. And while I appreciate yeah. representation, I was like, let Maggie do more. Maggie's one of the better characters in this movie, and I want to see her right. like take agency and have like some contribution outside I think, of yeah her DJ moves. But maybe right. the and whole her, time... She had some of the best line deliveries in the movie. Like She did. She was good. Good for Raw Digga. I think she should have gotten more roles. But Yeah, and like not... She shouldn't have had to be outshined by superstars Matthew Lillard and Tony Shalhoub. <laughs> it wasn't fair at all. Right. So, yes. Um, then we have the scene when uh, Kathy is as you said, like, checking herself out in the mirror, enjoying the sort of, like, creature comforts of the bathroom. And the angry princess is obviously ired by her presence. She's lurking around. She's in the bathtub. She seems both, like, terrified and infuriated at Kathy's presence. So we're seeing this dichotomy of, like, these women who are both conventionally attractive are immediately placed in direct, like, competition or completely antagonizing ends of a situation, even though it's, like, literally without context and there's no reason and there's no resolution. Right, which is something that, like, yes, this ghost also, it was also a hot lady, so, like, but, like, they didn't put Bobby with the boy, little boy ghost. Like, the little boy ghost and Bobby never intersect. Like, there's never a storyline there, so why do we have to put the two hot ones together? Just, I guess, to get her in a bathtub and, like, See yeah, some more boobs. so we have more more tit time on, T- on TT, screen. if you will. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that was just a waste of a scene. I feel uh, 
Um, like, I just was like, while it was ticking down, I was like, well, I know nothing's going to happen to Kathy because she's central to this plot. So you're just doing this to, like, put these female identifying people in competition with each other and show us boobs. And I will not be conned that way. <laughs> I do like the blood on the walls was fun. The blood in the bathtub. I don't get how it got there. I'm I'm confused about, like, the logic behind it. But it was fun to see. I think if we start investigating and interrogating logic in this movie, <laughs> we're just gonna go down. Like, we'll a never get hole. anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> um, I forget what it says on the bathroom floor. There's, like, it says, "I'm sorry." Oh, I'm sorry. The whole right. thing is, "I'm sorry." I'm like, "What are you sorry for?" Yeah. I. Well, well, she, does she kill when we herself? talk about the ghost? When we talk about the ghost, we can go into the angry princess, whose real name is something that I already forgot. It's like Norma. It's Dana Newland. Norma was close. Norma a, was close. Do you have a fly? Is there a fly? In I there do have with a you? fucking fly. It's a tiny little. It's a. It's because I have my coffee in here. It's a little fruit fly that's been following me. Uh, we have. Am I Mike a, Pence? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, we have fruit fly problems on our compost because neither one of us ever wants to take the compost out because it smells. So then it just sits in the kitchen and gets fruit flies. Because we're trash, okay? It's okay. Me too. Um, I mean, that's all of our female characters. Wow. What a what a long yeah, list. Um, How much that? they contributed. Well, there's also ghosts that are female or ostensibly female identifying but the ghosts that get the most airtime are tits and then the like most masculine sort of like aggressively you know angry ghosts they get the most time on screen they get the most like airtime so we know that the there are other female characters the pilgrimess uh, the bound woman the bound woman the dire mother that all have identities and backstories but because they don't have exposed breasts we don't get to look at what they're doing right. very often the pilgrimess i freaking forgot was there till the end of the movie yeah She's she just like, they the I'm bound here. woman gets like uh, max 10 15 seconds of screen time she gets nothing and we see a lot of the hammer and we see a lot of the jackal, and we see a lot of the juggernaut, and too much of the torn prince, who I would argue torn is the prince is pretty one. boring. Yeah, uh, I mean Kalina is cool. Yeah, she's like smart and seems self sufficient, but then turns out she's just in love with Cyrus for some unknown reason. She loves this gross. Why? Dishbag. Yeah. Why? And like, why are no- you? You know what he's doing. Like, you know that he is such a narcissist that he is trapping 13 human souls, murdering his nephew and his nephew's wife in pursuit of being the most powerful man in the world. Like, he is toxic masculinity personified, and she's still letting him get his dick wet? Like, why, girl? Damon seems nice. You guys... Right? He was hot. I don't know. Yeah, he was hot. You set him up to die, like... She and kills him. She admits that she kills him. Right, right. R.I.P. Yeah, Damon. Sorry that rest happened. In, rest in peace. He was just trying to do the right thing, and Kalina, she really punked him. It's not She's a good a look shit. for Damon. Yeah. 
And she's so sniveling at the end, like, are you mad at me? Like, what? No. Like, no, what? Stop it. No, no one would do that. I Although I, I am guilty it. of asking Adam if he's mad at me, like, 30 times a day. <laughs> oh, I, yeah. It's, it's quarantine. What do you want me to do? It's quarantine. We're all just stuck around each other all the time. Um, We can get into the ghosts if you want. Ghost talk. I would love to. The ghosts were really fun. Uh, and they were more fun than the people, as I mentioned. <laughs> um, so there's 12 ghosts. We don't count Tony Shalhoub because he's not dead. So should be called maybe he's, 13 ghosts. He's sad, though. He's not dead, but he's, he's sad. <laughs> so uh, he's I, in the inside. order I have them, we have the firstborn son. Or do Let's, you want to okay, do so, your order? <laughs> so... Do you have some Remember when I mentioned... Well, yeah. Okay. So when I mentioned that I own this movie on DVD, there's a special feature (laughs) in the extras where every ghost has their own little, um, like, symbol that that represents them. And then you, (laughs) in the DVD, you press on that symbol and then it takes you to the story that's narrated by Cyrus. If anyone happens to have a DVD of 13 Ghosts, please feel free to pop it in and follow along with us. Since that (laughs) is actually 0% of the population, we're just going to proceed. Yeah. I'm sure it's on YouTube. I don't, I mean, but, so they go in a, I don't know, not a specific order, I'm going to say. And then you Uh, you were talking the other day that each one, like, technically corresponds with an actual zodiac sign, right? They do. So Ranker, the Ranker article. Thank you, Ranker. Um, thank you, Ranker. They each of your the our astrology signs correspond to the Black Zodiac as well. So Abby, our beautiful I'm the Capricorn, is the is the hammer, and me, Cancer, is the withered lover. Boring. That's so fucking boring. Yeah, I cry all the time. Get over it. I don't know. What was the one I guessed that was really good when we were texting? The, For I, me? No, I think I guessed. The Torn Prince is Leo, right? Yeah. It's also probably pretty close. So Leo. (laughs) Leo is my sun sign, so. No, Cancer is your sun sign. Wait, moon sign. I don't know what they mean. That's the other one. I'm like Leo, Leo, Cancer. That's it. Wow. Rising. Is that what it is? There's there's your sun, your moon, and your rising. And then like. So my moon and my rising are both Leo. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, what what's ghost do you want to start with? We can go in order of the of the zodiac. We can start with the firstborn son. The firstborn son. So, the firstborn son is exercising some very casual cultural appropriation in this movie. Oh yeah. It's you know. For no apparent reason. Like, uh, we can presume that he was playing, like, cowboys and Indians and was shot by an actual arrow. I don't know why he would be in costume if an actual arrow was present. So... You You have the intel. I do have the intel. So he is... Uh, his name is Billy Michaels. And it's... The story is that he was a brat... Um, and he was obsessed with cowboys and Indians. And a neighborhood boy um, found his father's real bow and arrow. And Billy only had his fake, like, cowboy Billy gun. Um, and they're playing in the yard. And 
Billy gets shot in the head with an arrow and dies. And that's a story. It's not very... Not very robust. Crispy, Um, yeah. I just think that if you're thinking, you know, Halloween's coming up, if you're thinking of dressing up as a native or indigenous person, just don't. Just don't do it. You could be a cowboy, I guess, if you be really a cowboy. Want, yeah, there's just that. yeah, no reason. So the firstborn son is which zodiac sign? He is Aries, which is my significant other's. Isn't Aries like a hunter too? Aren't they an archer? Oh yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Oh, Caesar's um, Aries. Yeah. Wow, Stubborn. Do you That's have like. To, do you have to make him think anything that you need him to do is his idea? Yeah, I mean, I hope he doesn't hear this, but it's like, I have to like plant little seeds. And then if he gets one idea in his head, there's no convincing him until Mm -hmm. he's like punched in the face by how wrong it is, you know? (laughs) Yeah, that's, that that tracks. You know, men, but he's also like a a wonderful, beautiful person. Caesar is great. Um, Shout out to Caesar, who better be listening to this, because only five people are, and he better be one of them. Who (laughs) knows? Right. He'll definitely subscribe. Will he listen? I don't know. Maybe we Um, can just get him to subscribe and review. We don't need him to listen, you know? Don't, don't. Just give us five stars. Everybody. It's really really awkward having Adam edit this, too, because... Oh, a little corrections corner. I got in trouble for telling the listeners that he would eat me in an apocalypse. He said <laughs> that I simplified the conversation and that there was more context. So let it be known, my husband is not going to eat me. Okay. I, he won't eat you. I never said that, Adam. I was in your defense. Just kidding. <laughs> so, yeah, every time he edits any shitty thing we say, he's like, Abby. <laughs> Don't talk about killing white guys or whatever. Okay, we're yeah. not going to murder any white men. We pledge it here and I will now. never murder anyone. I mean, I don't... Never say never, but like, you know. <laughs> I can't agree <laughs> with you more. Uh, all right, who's next? So next would be Taurus, the torso. Oh, that's kind of cheap. Um, you know, it's like Toro. Taurus, Taurus, Torso. Uh, the torso who, is, it's a real drag to be the torso, I have to say. It's so the torso is I just really, a torso in bandages, kind of just like dragging itself around on its stumps. I feel bad for all of the ghosts who can't fight back, who like can't take any vengeance. Like the torso, who's he going to kill? He's going to throw his head at somebody? Like the pilgrimess is in stocks. How is she going to murder? So the torso's head is kind of with him, right? Just kind of rolling around. Yeah, it's like off yeah. to, it's hanging out off to the side that's a Um, real bummer so in life the torso was jimmy the gambler gambino um (laughs) yeah no no lie shout Uh, out to whoever like sat here and was like we really need to beef up these dvd extras and wrote these oh yeah like they did a great job i was appreciate you yeah (laughs) um so he opened his own betting business and a made man, Larry the Finger Fatello. <laughs> oh no. Um, yeah, uh huh. He played a long shot. Jimmy lost, couldn't pay. And so Larry the Finger and all his boys made an example out of, out of Jimmy the Gambler Gambino, and they chopped him up and threw him in the ocean. And, so uh, I don't I don't know a lot about the mafia, 
But isn't the move just to do something quick and easy, like shot to the head, we're done? Like, isn't chopping someone up, like, you're just wasting like money. Like that's, yeah. that's all I know. It's like yeah, money and time. Money and time, like, you know, you're you're just playing yourself if you spend the time to chop a person up. I don't, that's a lot of bone to go through, but. Yeah, you um, need a saw and stuff. That's how he met his demise. Sorry, Torso. So the bound is the bound woman next. Bound woman, her whole ten seconds of life in this movie. Um, She's in like so, like a poodle skirt kind of a vibe too, right? She's in a prom dress. So her name was Susan Legros, and she was a rich girl, and she was popular, but she was a slut, and she treated men badly. And cheated on them. So she went to prom with star football player Chet, whose name was Chet. Um, But at prom, he found her with another boy. Both of them go missing. The boys found clubbed to death. And Susan was found buried under the 50-yard line of the football field, bound in rope and strangled to death. Chet was sentenced to death, and his last words were, The bitch broke my heart, so I broke her neck. Oh Isn't my that? god, there is a lot wow. to unpack Wow, look there. at that lore. It is, that it's, is it's dense. That's for so someone For bad. a ghost who got, <laughs> she got no time, and she has such, uh, such a misogynistic uh, backstory. Yeah, just a reminder so. that women that take control of their own sexuality and exercise agency in their own lives are usually resented by men. And just yeah. a reminder that a lot of women in this country that are murdered are murdered by their domestic partner. What wow. the fuck? And quarantine is a scary place if the person you're quarantining with is abusive. Verbally, yeah. physically, emotionally. Wow. It's Yeah, real. totally. So- That's so fucked up. I cannot believe how much misogyny they just stacked into the DVD extras. Like, it was not a big deal at all. It's it's also like these are set up to be archetypes of like the bratty child, the slutty yeah. spoiled brat, the you know the, the gambler. Yeah, yeah. Um, Ooh, what so if she's a like, Gemini? How many are there? Oh, I was like, what if they're the seven deadly sins? I forgot there were twelve. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm a film genius. <laughs> you are. Um, all right, are, the, we- the withered sure. lover, the most boring one of all that you happen boring. to be affiliated Welcome with. Welcome to being a cancer. Uh, so we know Jean Criticos um, is the withered lover. She was a devoted wife and mother. She had a proper family, is what it said, one of the lines of dialogue. Um, and how the fire was started. Actually, I forgot when you mentioned this earlier that it might have been Cyrus. It says in this DVD extra that the family decorated the Christmas tree, lit a fire, all snuggled around the fire, went to bed, a log rolled out on the carpet, set the the tree on fire, and the and Arthur got the kids out and thought that Jean had gotten out herself, but she didn't. She was looking for the kids, and that's how she died. Okay, so PSA, put fires out before you go to bed, particularly if they're close to your dry indoor christmas tree also clean out your dryer lint oh my god i live in fear of that all the time it's dryer lint burns faster than yeah it's like 
good and my house is basically made of balsa wood it would go up in like 20 (laughs) seconds uh so yeah boring cancer anyway the torn prince also kind of boring he's like Um, so his name was royce clayton in life (laughs) Uh, so in the 1940s, he was 17. He was a star baseball player in a miserable small town. He got in a street race with a local greaser and lost control of the, floor, of the car, flipped, and went up in flames. And that's why half his face is burnt. So if he died in a car and half his face is burnt, why as a ghost does he have his baseball bat? I thought he had that's... to have died in a baseball bat accident. Baseball bat trauma. Well, everybody is, all the ghosts are wearing what they died in, including Dennis in his beautiful black suit. Lucky for him, he wasn't wearing his chunky knit at that moment. He might have been uncomfortable. But it was his like, We need ghosts, more ghost stories about people wearing like plastic coats and shit. Like (laughs) people who died in the 2000s wearing like cyberpunk rave outfits. Oh my gosh, you're totally right. I'm reading this book, Ghostland, A History of America and Haunted Places by Colin Dickey. And he wrote a really like interesting chapter on, um, he, the book is basically broken down into like the home, um, civic spaces and like outdoor spaces or uh, something like that. Government buildings. No. Yeah. <laughs> this is not Municipalities. Smart municipalities and then there's like the hotel bar restaurant and then there's the home but in the municipality section he wrote a really like wonderful chapter on how every ghost you'll encounter in america is white because ghosts are basically the construction of our history like as we want to see it so when you even go on ghost tours in the south and stuff you won't see like any black ghosts or ghosts of color highlighted on these ghost tours because they don't want to like you know, perpetuate the memory, the, like, you know, collective tragedy of, like, slave owning and slave history. So Mm -hmm. they're just like, oh, a woman died in a fire at this location and nothing else happened except that there's an auction block across the street. So it's, like, really reductive and they always, like, pick and choose what history you'll hear. And I was like, yeah, that's kind of true. It's always, like, a white person in period dress, but, like... yeah. Why? Like a white woman who killed herself on her wedding day or whatever. Yeah, exactly. And that's all of these ghosts are white except for the hammer. The hammer. I actually uh, wrongly assumed that the hammer was an enslaved person. So I assumed he was like, I mean, he essentially was lynched, right? He was lynched. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't. Let's see what we can get to. The, well, let's skip ahead to the hammer since we're already here. Um... The hammer is my Capricorn astrological is, sign. He's right. very industrious, very loyal. His name was George Marclay. And in the, so it was early, early 1890s. Uh, he was a blacksmith. Um, and a local man, Nathan, wrongly accused George of stealing. George, knowing he was innocent, stood his ground. Um, and denied the claim and didn't do anything about it. So Nathan and his gang lynched George, George's wife and his children. So they hung them from a tree. And then George tracked down Nathan and the gang beat them to a pulp. It doesn't say whether or not he killed them, but it says I hope beat them he to a pulp. Them. 
I hope he murdered them. Um, and then the townsfolk revolted, tied him to a tree, drove nails into him, cut off his hand, and replaced it with his own hammer. So similar that's, to a Candyman scenario. That's kind of Same strange. time period. Yeah, interesting. Mm-hmm. But it's a hammer and not a hook. I would argue also a phallus, but like Definitely a different, a not a, a mm-hmm. pounding one instead of a penetrating one. Mm-hmm. You know what? So. A phallus is a phallus. Phallus is a phallus is a phallus. Uh, That's what I always say. He, yeah. So he's our only, our only black ghost, our only ghost of color. So he has big railroad nails in him too, kind of like yeah. everyone was saying. Like he's a, it's a knockoff of Pinhead, but like wrong because they're nails. And I did he's, see nothing him to do and say pinhead. like, okay, yeah, like Pinhead, uh, and then <laughs> I was like, yeah, fine. That's it. You see he also it. doesn't. Yeah, I don't know. There's, like, knockoffs of Pinhead everywhere, like in Cabin in the Woods and, you know. Right. Probably American Horror Story. I blame you for whatever knockoffs happen, American Horror Story. Yeah, it's true. Um, so next is our, our angry princess. She, in life's name, was, as we said earlier, Dana Newland. And she... Is. She was like worked at a plastic oh, surgeon's yeah. office or something, right? Yeah. So she's had abusive boyfriends. She was depressed. She worked for a plastic surgeon and was paid in procedures. Uh, I learned she tried that to... on the wiki. Nice. She tried to perform surgery on herself one night, but it went horribly wrong, and she blinded herself. She then committed suicide by self mutilation because she can't be not pretty and still live. What? Also, a very inefficient way to kill yourself. Like, it must have just taken forever. To bleed out in a bathtub? Yeah, and, like, those cuts that they stylize her with are, like, Why are you cutting your boob? Yeah. You're going to bleed out from the mouth. Yeah, get get more efficient about it. It had to, because she had to be bloody. It had to be, like, a bloody death, because, like, blood is sex. Right? And she, I guess, technically penetrated herself with her knife dick. Um, yeah, she's also holding a huge butcher knife the whole time, which Correct. I'm into. She's like holding a huge butcher knife and then her boobs jiggle and then, yeah, that's And it. she's very wet. She is very wet. So <laughs> we were talking about this, we were texting about this, but the director insisted that the crew keep spritzing everybody down so that Everyone everybody appeared very so wet, wet in this yeah. movie. <laughs> Everything is wet. It's or bloody, yeah. Tony or spit. There's looks like he has like the flu or something. Yeah. <laughs> gross. Um, so the pilgrimess. The pilgrimess. Yeah. Who, I mean, feels pretty self-explanatory. Um, her name was Isabella Smith. It's like a witchcraft thing, right? It's a witchcraft thing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 1675. She was an orphan. Moved to New England. Where's all that? I don't know. Never been there. Here. Um. So all in the town, all the ghosts and the livestock started dying shortly after she arrived, and the townsfolk blamed her. After the preacher fell ill, they cornered her in a farmhouse and lit it on fire. But she was miraculously crawled out fine. Uh, and she was sentenced to a slow death in the stocks instead. So. Why? That's why she's got all so, those spider webs on her. I feel like, were they watching her burn, like, 
in the barn like if you get out of the barn don't go back to town get out of there right I don't I mean they were all like they had a party they lit on fire had a party and then she was like oh whoops I'm still alive they had a tasteful wedding with like fairy lights and mason jars in the barn yeah you get it All right, so this is my least freaking favorite. I Ooh. am made so uncomfortable by these two ghosts. It makes my stomach feel weird. Go for it, Rebecca. Talk about an Oedipal complex, I guess. I don't know. Is it the reverse? They're so I also like don't. so white, like no. so pale. They're so pasty. And the I just wrote it down as puke baby in my notes. Puke baby. Um, <laughs> yeah. So... The Great Child, whose little emblem is a baby rattle. Just to, Ew. Um, his name was Harold Shellhorn or Shell. I couldn't really Shelburne Shellhorn. Harold. Um, so he and the dire mother are connected. Um, she was overprotective. He was spoiled. He couldn't care for himself. That's why he's still in diapers into adulthood. Um, one night they kidnapped. The dire mother, whose name was Margaret, um, they kidnapped her. They so fuck. They're it's hard carnies, to talk about. Right? Yeah, so they were both in a a quote freak show, and so Margaret was uh, raped by the tall man one night while she was cleaning out the barn stall. She was raped, and that's Harold's the product of that. Um, that's where she how he was born so that's why he's so so much bigger than her because she's a she's under she's like three feet tall um so one night she was kidnapped by the other people in this quote-unquote freak show as a joke but harold went into a rage and when he finally found her she had suffocated to death and so he went on a rampage and took an axe and just started chopping people to death um and then Which, like, after... I, good for him that he can be in diapers but also wield an axe effectively. Right. That's a real then, renaissance man. Eventually, he was found by the head of the, by the curator of this show, Jimbo. The... Jimbo. And he was mutilated to death. They don't say how, they just say mutilated to death. That's a, like, you know, creator fishing around for, like, an old-timey nickname. They're like... Uh, Jimbo, Jimbo, Jimbo. Um, we had yeah, a so Jimbo that's... in our lives once. Ugh, let's <laughs> not bring it up. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. So the dire mother and the great, the great child are they're forever entwined. They're um, so gross. I feel it's pretty gross. I'm like, what is it about this that just like makes me unhappy and? I think it's the puke, the giant man baby, uh, the bows in Margaret's hair. Like, the whole effect is just, ugh. Yeah, it's a lot. Not cute. Not cute. Um, not cute. I think we only have... We have the jackal and the juggernaut. The jackal. Left. Yeah, the two, two of the baddies. Um, so the jackal... Is pretty sad, honestly. He is very scary, but it's um. So his name was Ryan Kuhn in life. He was born in 1887 to a sex worker, and he early on had an ap- an insatiable appetite for the female gender, as the story says. That's quote such a quote. gross way of saying that. 
he attacked women constantly, but he committed himself to an institution. A true hero. Um, true hero, but he was confined to a padded cell, but then he would start scratching the walls to the bone of his fingers. You know and I then can't, they, can't hear it, can't do nails, can't do teeth, can't do it. Right. Ew. Uh, so they put him in a straitjacket, he gnawed through it, uh, and then they, so they put his head in a cage. And then one night there was a fire in the basement. They tried to set him free, but he didn't want to go, so that's how he died. And that's, I guess, the fire burned up the cage. I'm not really sure how the cage. Well, then they were like, oh, he died by fire because he was, like, willingly committing suicide or something. Yeah, I guess he just didn't want to leave because he'd rather be dead. But he was feral. He, like, didn't want, he, at the end, he didn't, couldn't take any human contact. Yeah. So I think that's Um, why he's, like. The jackal's super scary. They describe him as the Charlie Manson of ghosts. Uh, but Charlie Manson didn't murder anyone. Don't forget. He, he was didn't just murder a really anything. Weird I would man. say he's the, I would say he's the Ed Kemper. No, he's too small. He no, would be maybe the... like Albert Fish. Just right, like a real he didn't attack children. Leak. Albert Fish it would attacked be like... children. No, the jackal didn't attack children. Oh, the attack jackal children. didn't attack attacked children. women. He would be the Ted Bundy, but not hot, right? Because he was attacking and murdering women. We need to normalize not calling Ted Bundy hot, everyone. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Rebecca, I, I'll check yourself back. before My you wreck yourself. I really did truly loathe the Zac Efron movie. It was No offense, Zac Efron, terrible. but like, they really made him seem just like a hot victim. And like, it was just wrong. like a Ted he Bundy He was murdering women. Rag. It was disgusting. Yeah. I hated he murdered it. It a lot of movie. women, and they were like, "But he was a lot hot. of women, yeah." <laughs> and fucked their decapitated heads. Anyway, can you imagine finding out that your partner would fuck a decapitated head, come home and fuck you with the same dick? Like, can you imagine how his God. wife must have felt? Like, traumatized. Not only that he just <sighs> murdered a lot of ladies, but that he was putting his penis in their head holes. And right. then into her. In the like, I thought holes. about that was all like, I thought about the whole time I was watching that movie, honestly. Maggot encrusted head holes. Ooh. Ooh. Anyway. I hope she has a really good therapist wherever she is. Did we Ooh. we didn't even finish um, the ghosts yet? No, we do. I feel like we've been doing ghosts forever. Um the juggernaut is our last ghost. Horace the Breaker Mahoney. Uh he was born. Tall and horribly disfigured is what it says. He was an outcast. His mother abandoned him and his father made him work in the junkyard. After his father died, he snapped. His first two kills were female hitchhikers who he tore apart with his bare hands. He would then uh, tow motorists back to the junkyard and break every bone in their body. Uh, One night he took an undercover female cop in and he was killed by, by police. That shotgun shells. That's how he died. Uh, took 13 men to subdue him or something like that. And three died in the process. So That's wild. Wild. Wild yeah. stuff. And then our 13th ghost Tall is... equals... Scary tall equals bad. Scary ugly tall equals ugly bad. equals bad. Yeah. Equals evil. That's like the moral of the story of most of this. Is like If you could be one of the ghosts, which one would you want to be? If I could be anything but the withered lover... Yeah, if you could choose I your own feel adventure. Like 
None of them are particularly fun. I don't know. What's the best death? I feel like I'd probably be the pilgrimess, I guess. Yeah, She's you're like kind of witch. I would, I'd prefer to be a witch. Wouldn't we all? I don't want to... I don't want to. I don't want to break hitchhiker's bones with my bare hands. That doesn't. Sound yeah, like I'm a gonna good stick time. with the hammer because the hammer, you know, hammer is I a good one. I identify. I like things to be just and equitable. They never are, but I tell my therapist I really want them to be. Right. And she says, so you know, those are you our, can't have everything. You can't have everything. Can't have your cake. Those, <laughs> those are, are the thirteen ghosts. Twelve. Twelve of the thirteen. 12. Thirteen is Arthur. Arthur, we love you, even though your face is wet. Uh, I don't, I mean, I have no feelings about Tony Shalhoub. I don't have much to say about him. I do, ever, however, have a lot of feelings about Matthew Lillard. His, his, twil- his Twitter is great. He's Really? He's I actually good. have never seen it. Well, Matthew Lillard, if you can hear this, I'm sorry I kind of shaded you in the beginning. Here's to you <laughs> and your chunky knit. Chunky knit sweater. Um, that is a, so this is actually a remake of a 1960s movie. I read that. Yeah. I kind of yeah. want to watch the original and see what happened here, basically. Right. <laughs> so it was the 1960s version was in 3D, sort of. You oh had to God, put on glasses in order. Ugh, in order to see the glows, you had to put on 3D glasses. And so that's where the whole, like put on the glasses to see the ghost things came from in this movie which is kind of would you rather have the glasses or not have the glasses in the movie oh i would for sure rather have the glasses i want to see my what it would be nice to like not have to know what was happening around you in that situation (laughs) i i would this is the same reason i want to know where to run This is the same reason I, like, can't call doctor's offices or update my insurance information. Because I'm like, what they don't know can't hurt them. I I don't need to worry about it. (laughs) (laughs) This is also why you said you'd hide in a closet during the zombie apocalypse and just, like, wait for it to be over. Okay. How is The Walking Dead still running? They have to starve eventually, right? Yeah. If you watch The Walking Dead... Don't tell me. I actually don't care. Um, but it just seems I like eventually they would have to starve to death, right? Like, how is this show still on? I was depressed I, yeah, after, like, All the zombies seasons. have to be dead by now. They're dead. You zombies, I have to say, like, I love horror movies. Zombies have really never blown my skirt up, particularly. Me neither. I always, we should like, do 28 Days Later, though. I do love that one. Uh, and Killian Murphy is a dime that's top of the line, truly. I would let him... He's up. a hot, he's haunted so hot. doll. I know he really I, is. I never, I never really got it. I didn't. I don't get it. Do you? I didn't get it Peaky until Blinders? I started watching Peaky Blinders. Oh, yeah. Oh my like, god, he was so hot. Except I got bored after one no season of that. No fucking fighting. <laughs> no fucking fighting. I love it so much. Stop it. I'm gonna get a well. little juicy over here. <laughs> I mean, yeah. They just like shoved a bunch of like. British hot guys in that show and it's like just like hot but hot guys that have like kind of gotten their faces fucked up which still makes them hot like they're hotter because they broke their nose a couple of times one eye oh great love it so great (laughs) so back to 13 ghosts do we have any what were we talking about (laughs) um do you have any final thoughts plugs anything you want to say before we lose the five listeners we have 
I get that it's a bad movie, but it's so much fun. The director, Steve Beck, it was also like, wow, could you, any more white dudes on this film production? Um, everyone, the music, the writing, the directing, most of the cast, most of the crew mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. were white guys. But uh, they surprise, put one surprise. black person in, so it's fine. Two, actually. Right. One dead, one alive. Right. Um, I I love Maggie. There's no other representation. I mean, Tony Shalhoub is um, of Lebanese descent. I think that Tony Shalhoub can have his feelings about his identity, but it can't really be argued that he's a white presenting man experiencing white privilege in this movie as Arthur Criticos. Yeah, he is. I don't know. Uh, Tony Shalhoub wants to come at me. That's fine. And I also, yeah, too white for the white people or too, what is it that you say? Say it for me. Oh, for what my experiences? Yeah, my, your experiences. My own imposter yeah. syndrome is that I've never been white enough for the white people or brown enough for the brown people. Yeah, exactly. So. That's maybe Tony Shalhoub I, and you have a lot in common. Maybe. He's... <laughs> He's your fave, though. Tony, call us. I'm, wherever you are, I'm, I hope you're fine. I don't. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure he's fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, there's this podcast that I listen to, The Thirst Aid Kit, that is like two women talking about thirst objects, like men, sometimes women, with depending on the guest, uh, but they call like non-European like white people a spicy white and i feel like that's it's like two two black yeah. women talking about it yeah you're a spicy white you know i'm kind of a spicy white so. um also if you yeah. don't know what's going on in armenia right now do me a favor and look it up and find out what's going on because i'm an armenian person my descendants have survived a genocide and um turkey and azerbaijan are attempting to uh perpetrate ethnic cleansing against armenians again so check it out and remember your own racial identity is your own shit to deal with and internalize as long as you're not rachel dolezaling shit so do you Do you, man? Uh, uh, I have nothing else to say. I think people I have are... nothing to say either. Everybody's done listening. We've lost everybody all has turned their radio off. We have no listeners left. Okay, thanks for listening. Our pod, our Instagram podcast is spooky underscore spooky succubus underscore cast underscore cast. Okay, that is probably the best way to find us if you need us. We also have a website at spookysuccubuscast.com dot com great thank you so much thank you we love you talk to you soon okay bye